This is Lead Stories. I'm Nutrice Lead, and I'm delighted to be with you one more time. So we are continuing, as we said yesterday, with this idea, this notion of American values. What does it mean? And are you hooked into something you really don't understand or haven't stopped to think about how it shapes your mind, your thoughts, and consequently your actions. This notion that we have a value system that is impervious to all influence. Uh, we have our own way of thinking and doing things. And really, this is not uncommon. Many nations, many cultures, many societies do the same thing. And this is how they perpetuate the notion that of superiority. We are superior because we believe these things. And this is how some societies regulate themselves and demand and get obedience from the populace because you have been told what you're supposed to think, how you're supposed to feel about your culture. And when I say how you're supposed to feel about your culture, you are supposed to feel a particular way, of course, about those who regulate it and control it. So when we talk about values, we're talking about a, a, a whole complex of things that are intertwined, but all designed to encourage predictable behavior and thinking on our part. We don't necessarily stop to think about this, because part of it is not to question. When people talk about the American way or American values, they're sending a coded message as well that you need to fall in line, otherwise you're not patriotic, you're not American, you're not part of the society as a whole. So when you demonstrate fidelity to this notion that you have to behave in a particular way, think in a particular way, act in a particular way, you are demonstrating your obedience to something you had nothing to do with in terms of design. And it, in many ways, has nothing to do with you. <laughs> nothing to do with you and what concerns you. But it is nonetheless used very meticulously to forge a common, a, a common bond to rigidify a nation against so-called uh, enemies and people who would seek to tear it asunder. We will be strong if we all hold to the same values, to the same thoughts, to the same actions, to the same duties.
And key to this is this notion that we should all believe in, in the same things. Okay, but who designed these things that we ought to believe in? Who set us up as, as, the, as the template so that we abide by it? Even if we disagree, we're reluctant to disagree because we will be clear that we're going against the grain. We're thinking outside of the pre-approved areas where our minds should go and our actions should be felt. We can't just come up with our own ideas. That is a form of rebellion. And it will be confronted and put down. That's, that's what I mean. So when we talk about value, it is not a, a slight thing. It's, it's a very important thing to understand how deep it is and how important it is in shaping, shaping the thoughts and actions and the, and the I almost said values again, the, uh, the sentiments of a nation. Did you ever stop to think about that? This idea that you do not have, you did not originate the idea of values. <laughs> it, was, it was done for you and me and all of us. And we have to, if we intend to be independent, we have to subject this system of values very closely to examination, or else we lost in the sauce. They, they would have us. And you have no independence at all from a preset notion of what we are to think, how we are to behave, what we are to do. It is not a small matter. Not by any means is it a small matter. It's a pretty big deal. But like everything else that sneaks up on you in this country, especially having to do with your intellect, with your mind, it is made to look and feel um, desirable as not at all harmful. This is, we, we've thought about these things for you, and here, here are the thoughts. Here, here's a final say-so. <laughs> and the closer you get to Embracing these thoughts and values, that's when you know you are getting closer and closer to American values. And on the flip side of that coin is, that's when you know others are not. And think of how many things result, how many bad things result 
when it is believed that a person or a group of people are not in line with American values, things, bad things start to happen. What are your thoughts on this American values? Did it cause you, our conversation yesterday, to think about it any, any more, any more deeply, I should ask? 888-874-4888 is the number to call. Are you conscious that you, as a private single person, you know, in society, you are nonetheless predictably involved in carrying out a function of society that people would say, well, you know, this is brainwashing. This is uh, forming your thoughts for you, giving you a template that you did not design. What happens if in thinking about these so-called values, you find that you're not quite in total agreement here. You, you differ. In some cases, markedly. You differ markedly from what is being marketed as American values, as the, national, uh, the nationally approved concept you are not in line with that, then what happens? Have you ever found yourself in a situation like that? Where your thinking, which informs your actions, just simply is not in line with what the masses are thinking. What happens then? 888-874-4888. I would love to hear whether you have thought of this business of American values that way, or maybe you have a different take on it, I'd love to know what, what it is and whether it has occupied your mind at all. Um, as you go about your business and we are overwhelmed with all kinds of things that distract us from the, the cold and sober uh, ideas, evaluation of ideas. And we don't have time for that. We just are functioning for the most part on automatic. But this tells you that a society is very successful in shaping our mindset, which in turn shapes our actions and beliefs. 888-874-4888. We start off with Jackie from Brooklyn. Hello, Jackie. You're on the air. How are you? Fine, thank you. How are you? Good. Thank you for the question. Uh, here we go again. Okay. <laughs> this requires like a, you know, a postgraduate course for running for six weeks, but we'll try it in a few minutes, okay? <laughs> yes, um, yes. Um, okay, first of all, for America, 
the so-called quote-unquote American American cultural value system, I submit, emerged with the um, founding fathers and their philosophies and the prevailing law at the time. So we know that the so-called founding fathers, quote-unquote, you know, according to American history, uh, wanted to break away from the the, uh, colonial ruling nations and uh, blah, blah, blah. Then they formed the Declaration of Independence. But at the time that these values and laws were formulated, there was hundreds of thousands of people who were never included or even thought about at the beginning, you know, at the advent of this country's concept of uh, a new nation. And as years went on, you know, more and more people through immigration, through slavery and emancipation and blah, 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 uh, other groups began to emerge, which shaped uh, the, the changing cultural understanding of what is an American. But for the most part, I would submit that uh, this whole Make America Great Again movement is the code word to return to the uh, white supremacy structure uh, for whatever is left is still among us, is still prevalent in this society. But the whole white supremacy structure is feels threatened now. Uh, example I'll give you is the whole issue of Columbus Day versus Indigenous Peoples Day. Um, there's so many examples in our society. Uh, so when we say the American value, it depends on who you're talking to and how they perceive themselves in the grand scheme of these things. Now, America vis-a-vis the international stage that's a whole nother uh, ball of wax as they want to present itself as a uh, land of the free and home of the brave and the protector of all oppressed people all over the world, which we know is, is not true that it's uh, promoted and generated by capitalism and corporate greed and military might. But the um, picture that America would like to present foreignly or abroad is that, you know, we're all these things uh, that are good and decent and kind and apple pie and uh, um, democracy, you know, the whole spiel of what they they feed people. I think a lot of people haven't thought about these things until they're confronted uh, in their personal lives. And then they find that they, they, where do they fit in on the spectrum of what is America and America's cultural values. Some people get it. Some people get a wake-up call early in life. Some people never get it. And some people uh, get it, and then they start to try to develop their own definition of where do they fit in in American life. The other thing I just want to interject is uh, you can't leave out racism, colorism, classism and all the other isms and uh, and also the whole class structure because many people of various races are um, buy into this whole class structure and the example of what happened in uh, Los Angeles City Council 
Uh, that's an example of what happened where there was an open mic and these people of uh, Spanish heritage were uh, heard making very racist statements and statements based on colorism and colonialism. So there's a lot of work to be done. And the more people come here, and I'm not against people coming here, but the more they come here, it's going to cause uh, a reshifting of what is America. So, but um, I wanted, I want you, though, to share with us, um, I'll, I'll ask very politely whether you would consider it, um, what is your view? What is where, view you, where, where are now? you in this whole discussion about American values? Do you have them? Do you have different ones? What are your values? Where do you, do you well, my derive your values from? Well, my values would be based more on uh, like uh, faith beliefs and uh, what is righteousness and what is correct, you know? What does the God require of you, Micah 6, 8, or any other, you, you can quote other passages from other religious texts that should guide your life. Uh, in terms of my own personal experience, being well over 70 years old, uh, I've experienced a lot of things about the so-called American value system um, and still experience them. You know, with the gentrification of neighborhoods, people being priced out of their apartments. Uh, there's a big exposure here in New York City about landlords holding rent-stabilized apartments off the rental market because they don't want to rent, you know, at the rate the rent stabilized requires them to do so. So a lot of people facing homelessness or being priced out of their rent stabilized apartments are um, facing, you know, facing seniors, facing uh, potential homelessness because they can't afford to pay the rent. So where is American value in that? Is it that just greed and power just controls everything and everybody? So, um, I mean, uh, that's just yeah. an example. <laughs> that's an American well, value. Well, yeah, I agree. well, that's the way I perceive it to be. That's the American value. Whatever is the, can the market can bear, that's what they're going to do. You had uh, this man, Jamie, whatever his name is, Jamie Diamond from J.P. Morgan Chase, yes. said he doesn't believe in woke corporate policies. He rejects that. He's a capitalist. So that's a, that's part of the American value system. Well, his values would, I imagine, would be very different from his grandfather's or great grandfather's values. I would imagine well, there had been a because you know, like the Rockefellers and all these people who have, have uh, uh, you know, aspired to and inherited great wealth. It comes from uh, a lot of times generational wealth. And that was based on the same concept of, you know, get everything you can get and at any cost. Yeah. So I don't know if he's that different from his grandfather, you know, in that sense. Of, uh, <laughs> well, we don't know. Mm. We don't know. But usually they get the hints from somebody of a previous right. generation. Thanks, you Jackie, know, for I'm getting us started today. Lincoln from... Mount Vernon, you're on the air. Are you there, Lincoln? Okay, Jeremiah from Harlem, you're on the air. 
Hi, how are you, Eutrice? Okay, Jeremiah, how are you? Oh, I'm doing quite well, thank you. Um, yeah, when I think of American uh, values, you know, I just think about a might-makes-right society. You know, I just think of if you have money, you can basically pay what you want. Pay for, you know, uh, you know, your, your, uh, you know, sort of above the law to some extent, I think. Um, you know, a, a poor man doesn't beat the legal system. A rich man can. Um, you know, you don't see rich people in general go to jail. You know, I also think we're a very sort of vulgar society. We just we elevate the vulgar for some reason. Just as Donald Trump was president, there's all sorts of contemporary art artists who, you know, they say things that are just horrendously vulgar. You know, there's not decent things to say, and for some reason, we elevate these people. Um, you know, I think we're we're a consumption-based society. Um, for a society that's a very sort of a rah-rah society, a society that likes to sort of beat its own chest. You know, we like to claim that we're the greatest country in the world, which is not a modest thing to say, first of all, and it's also not true by many important measures in terms of health care and education and other standards of civilization. So, you know, that's my quick America in a nutshell, you know. A, a vulgar society, a might-makes-right society. And, you know, we pay lip service to little, you know, nice um, ideas here and there, whether it be from a so-called woke perspective or from a so-called Christian perspective. But, you know, I think that's mostly for show. There's a lot of good people in the world. I don't want to be that cynical. And there's, there's good people in American society. But by and large... Um, you know, most of the nice sentiments are not sincere ones, I do not believe. What does that do for you? Where, where on a, a daily basis, where you have to transact uh, business with all kinds of people, where do you park your sense of if you park it at all, of, of American values in your discourse, in your interrelationships and so forth, what do, where does your American value, where do your American values go? Um, I'm not sure if I'm interpreting the question correctly, but I would just say that, you know, I'm sort of a, a latecomer in a lot of ways. You know, I'm, a, I'm a, an artist. I've had the pleasure of performing as a bass player with any number of artists and traveling pretty extensively. But then I look back on my career and I realize I did not um, organize the uh, commercial aspect of it properly because I didn't think what I was doing was commercial. I thought of it almost as spiritual or I was this creator of culture. But I didn't realize I was also a corporation unto myself, you know, just a very poorly managed corporation. So, you know, I see um, that corporatism is is the central theme in terms of power and the money, the maximization of profit. And I guess I could say as I uh, reconstruct my 
post-COVID life, um, I don't mean in terms of me having the illness, and I'm talking about in terms of the lockdowns and things I've highlighted on this show on previous occasions. Um, you know, as I put my new economy back together, you know, I understand the the nature of the beast. I understand the, the game that's being played. You know, I might not enjoy it, but I understand, you know, the basic concept of supply and demand. Hmm. How are you coping with your revamped uh, sense of values? Um, well, you know, it's an exciting time. I mean, it's a challenging time. It's a difficult time. But, um, you know, thankfully, there's some good things on the horizon. There's some good things underway. And, you know, I'm a father of two young children, so I always have that to keep me animated, you know. And grounded, yes. Well, thank you. That's a, thank a you. very optimistic overview you offered us today. Thank you. All right, we go to Brother David from Brooklyn. You're on the air. Uh, good afternoon, you trees. It's good to good be afternoon. with you. Thank uh, you. Yesterday thank I heard the topic, but I had to go out, and so I couldn't call in. I'll get right to the point because I like to be laser. Number one, I talk about my values, and among uh, values, I have two things, truth and justice. They're at the head of the list, truth and justice. So I, that's where I stand. However, we live in the United States, uh, this national entity that is, has been based on uh, ethnic cleansing of indigenous people and genocide and uh, basically established uh, by people with one particular phenotype we, we call uh, white and uh, taken over from royalty and brought to establish a slave-owning republic. So looking at that, I go to decide what are the chief values. And there's one group of chief values that trumps every kind of thing that people talk about. And that is the rule of the ruling class. That is a top value, and that trumps everything because that is how the country is run, to benefit the values of the ruling elite that run the country. The people do not, do not, do not, do not run the country. The ruling elite and the 1%, they run the country and the main value is capitalism and imperialism all over the world, militarism. That is the value that trumps all the other values. For example, uh, as I think about it, people talk about so-called charity. Oh, uh, you know, I donate here and there, and I give to this and that one and so forth. 
many of those things, this, this charity value, should be things that a, a just society would take over without having to beg people for pennies to do things that the society should do to benefit its citizens. But we call that charity, you know, you donate, get something off on your income tax, and so forth. But the point is, the value of charity should be something that is taken care of in a just society and not as a charity thing to beg for pennies to take care of things that people need and being uh, uh, beneficiaries uh, to living a life in this society that was based on ethnic cleansing and genocide. So that's that's where I stand. And, uh, I think that is a simple way of saying it. Uh, that ruling class, that is the one that trumps every single thing in this country. And people don't even understand. They have no understanding of uh, what they are missing in terms of positive values that benefit other people that exist in other countries. And they are kept completely uh, closed at that. And as a, res uh, as a result or part of the uh, strategy that the 1% ruling class uses is to keep people completely ignorant about many positive things. <laughs> they don't, the new, what they say is news is what they want you to know, not what the real news is. There's other things that are news. But what the ruling class, who control the media at all levels, wants you to think about, not what uh, they don't want you to think about. Uh, if one looks at the television uh, or... Uh, uh, some other publications or media, you hear about all the things that the atrocities that one group did, but you never hear anything about all the atrocities and uh, the uh, the book that tells about what was done in Iraq, Afghanistan, Pakistan, and and all the other places where American imperialism has gone. So people ought to think about it, uh, and I still stand that the, the, the rule of the ruling class and the, the value they have for capitalism and imperialism, that is the value that trumps every single thing. Thank you, Brother David. Thanks for your contribution today. We'll take a break and come back to the question of what do you mean by American values right after this?
to lead stories on prn.fm i'm your trace lead and we're talking we're continuing our discussion from yesterday on american values and we are particularly interested in how you arrive at your own sense of values and is it a better way to go or are you okay with just tapping into what has been established as American values and going on that. Ed from Queens, you're on the air. Hey, good afternoon, Eutrice. How are you? Good afternoon. Fine, thank you, Ed. How are you doing? Well, you know me and the thumbs. You are hanging by your thumbs. (laughs) (laughs) You're here, still hanging. Um, as, uh, I think I think pretty much uh, most of the callers have expressed uh, the same idea as far as American values are concerned on the larger uh, description of them. But, um, to me, American values are based on capitalism. Uh, there were a bunch of people that came to this that came to this land several hundred years ago, found people here, subjugated the people that were here, and proceeded to profit off of the vital resources of this land. They left England, they left, uh, they left Europe, which was uh, at that time in history overpopulated, and, and uh, the economy was calcified by majority of royalty, and, and your, your, your lot in life was determined by your, by your family of birth, and that allowed you to excel up the, uh, of the, of the economic ladder, so to speak, in, in old Europe. And America was the new promise. And uh, American values are based on capitalism. The founding fathers were rich. Uh, Alexander Hamilton was one of the richest men in, in, in the world at the time. Uh, all of the, they, they came from nothing, and they wanted to aspire to make money. They wanted to aspire to increase their, increase their, their material wealth. And the idea of America, uh, exceptionalism, which is one of the main American values, is based on the fact that how much can you get or how much can you accumulate or how successful can you become. The myth of pulling yourself up by your own bootstraps is a, is a common American misnomer. When most of these uh, captains of industry and these corporate giants depended upon the federal government to make the roads, to make the discoveries, to, to, to marshal the, the, the resources that were and that were then used to increase their capital gains from, from DuPont to Carnegie to, 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 uh, to, to, to Firestone. All of these great American corporations had their start in, uh, in government, uh, government assistance. So the, the myth of American exceptionalism, the myth of the quote-unquote American dream, American value, it's BS. It's garbage. It's, it's like I said yesterday. It's transactional. It's whatever makes money. Calvin Coolidge said it over a hundred years ago, and it's still true today. Are you there, Ed? You just faded. Ed, where did you go? Okay. Well, hopefully you can reconnect with us. 
in the meantime, we have Gwen from New York. You're on the air. Hi, Yatrice. How are Hi, you? Hi, Gwen. Okay. <laughs> Listen, uh, I got a kick in the head, I think, from Sandra. I'm sorry, my memory, you know, is really shot. But I got a kick in the head because I, it jolted my memory. And I remembered what I thought American values were. And how I uh, remembered it was she was talking about gentrification. And, you know, I can't tell you how many uh, hearings I've gone to about gentrification, how many times I've spoke out. And, and I've used everything in my toolbox. I think the one thing that I did was at Columbia when they were uh, taking 125th Street, I said to all these men in the audience, I said, you call yourself Christians, but you don't have one Christian fiber in your veins. And my friend Joel told me later on, he said, you know what? He said, everyone in that audience was Jewish today. (laughs) (laughs) Here here I was using everything. I mean, I was throwing everything at them. And the reason why I was passionately throwing everything at them is because I grew up believing because I think of my parents, that we had a country that would go out to fight for the little guy. And it was really in my family. I mean, my brother, you know, if if you were beating up some kids, my brother would jump in and he'd beat you up. He was strong, and and he always was trying to help out the underdogs. And um, so, you know, I kind of grew up in a family where... Like I said, my parents kind of were the underdogs uh, when they were younger. They were very poor. They really had to, you know, fight and scratch and save and to get to what we had, which was, you know, I think pretty much the American dream at that point. And um, so I grew up with this, you know, and then this raving lunatic of a mother who was always out there on the forefront. I mean, my mother was in everybody's face about, you know, the the plight of the uh, blacks in America. This was, you know, this was it. This was her cause. And she was uh, rattling everybody's cage. But I really think I believed it because I think our media reflected it, too. I think that there were a lot of movies that were put out there. Um, uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. There was a lot of places you could look at, even on your TV. You know, this week I've been so sick and I've been, <laughs> nothing to do except to watch TV. And uh, since I don't have cable, I get a lot of, you know, stuff from the 1950s, which I've never watched. But, you know, a funny thing when I was watching it, as, as healthy as we say these shows are, you know, I don't see shows on today. I saw a show yesterday that was talking about uh, being vindictive. And uh, where the parent was basically asking the child not to take the, the road of being vindictive. And I thought, wow, we would never put that out today. We would, we would show the real wives of New York. We would show, uh, you know, court TV where everybody piles on before we find out whether or not the person is guilty or not. And so um, I feel that my, my, uh, the, my biggest realization in our values, as I said yesterday, came during 9-11, where I was, I was so shocked. I was so shocked at how far away we were from, uh, you know, being trying to trying to be uh, a civil nation, trying to uh, take up the good fight, not the bad fight, the good fight, trying to fight the even corporal criminals. You know, there there used to be people used to be heroes who did this. You know, uh, these they made movies about these people, Karen Silkwood and and uh, you know other people, but. Not anymore. I mean, um, there was a shift in the 80s, and the 80s embraced uh, mafia mentality uh, that greed is good, and I don't, I don't think we've ever really let go of that. Then I think with this huge 
surge of cynicism that got lopped on top of it, that we're kind of at uh, just a holding pattern here where, you know, we are, we, we can only look and see uh, the, the negative, the negative aspects of the country, that there's just nothing that's any good. And, you know, one of the things I think I'm learning as, as time goes on is that uh, the, the, it's never black and it's never white. There's always a lot of gray in the middle and there's a lot of things to look at. And while I agree with everyone who is called today, all points are valid, all points are true. We do live in a very, you know, uh, materialistic society. We do worship, uh, you know, the, the dollar. Uh, I, I still think there are people in the country that are still trying to fight the good fight. I think a lot of the people that are trying to fight the good fight are here. And so this is also part of this country. These people that call this show, these people are a part of this country. We are that apparatus that is going to keep coming out and, and fighting for the underdog, fighting for what we believe is spiritually and morally right. And we're going to keep putting it out there. And so that can't be a bad thing. And, you know, I think that it's kind of sophomoric uh, and, and for us to believe that we're all going to be on this uh, one page and, and everything's all going to be good. Because if we look at our history, if we look at all history, I mean, the big history, it's never been uh, an easy road. The, the, you know, the, the, this world has never been an easy world. We've always had to uh, uh, challenge ourselves when it comes to our morality. And I, I think that, 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 you know, I think at this point in my life that probably, you know, uh, although I'm not a religious person, I think that the Bible is probably a, a, is a good tool to have because I, I don't know that we're writing too many uh, too many instruments like that anymore. I don't think we're putting down too many things like that anymore. And it seems to be that even though uh, it's, it may be an impossible goal to achieve, it's still a, a weather vane. You know, it still is a guiding uh, force. And I think that, uh, that we, we need to look to be weather vanes ourselves, be guiding forces in this country, uh, that, that to not let us all be gobbled up because God knows it's, it's so hard and it's such a slap in the face. And when you are out there and you are fighting these battles and you're standing at, you know, staring at a bunch of empty faces with uh, money signs over their heads, you know, and you can't, you can't find the words to reach in and grab them and make them electrify back into a human being again. You know, it's, it, I, I've struggled with this so much, but I still know that there is this kind of American exceptionalism. And I think it is exceptional that we have people like the uh, listeners on this show and, and so many others that are attracted to places like this. Wow. That was very, very enlightening. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks a lot. Uh, you know, you ought to do this for a living. <laughs> <laughs> you ought to do that for a living because uh, you, you can wipe out a whole bunch of objections in one fell swoop. Thank you so much, Gwen, for your talk today. Okay, you're welcome. Ed is back with us. We found him. Ed, you on the air once again. Hey, hey how you doing? I got to, okay. got cut off in mid-stroke there. Um, you know, basically, <laughs> well, basically, you know what I was saying was that uh, as far as the American uh, 
American values being related with capitalism. I, I, I agree with Gwen to a certain extent. Um, years ago, there was a, there, there was a, a preponderance of Americans that believed in the little guy and the underdog, and, and there was a prevailing goodwill that, that ran through the country. I remember as a child, you know, you would always, you would always look for that, that silver lining. But here lately in the past, I believe like uh, 20 or 30 years, that idea has left the American populace, and that's why we're in the state we're in. And uh, there are people of good conscience, there are people of goodwill, and, and, uh, but the prevailing, the prevailing uh, apathy in America is, like I said to you before, what's the largest political party, the people that don't vote? The people, a lot of people have just given up the fight, and it's difficult to instill uh, the, the the moral fiber that's needed to continue the fight. We're not. This country is definitely not what it was 50 or, or 30 years ago, and I, I just don't see it heading out of it. Even though there is a, there might be a nucleus of people that believe in in in, in the intrinsic values and truth, justice. But uh, I don't believe there's not enough strength for it to manifest and have any real effect. So with this in mind, have you come up with something to compensate your own philosophy I'm talking about, uh, your own set of values, your own value system? Have you come up with something well, I've, I've never compromised my own value system. My own personal values are, are, are based on my experiences, on my on my religious beliefs, on my spiritual beliefs, and I will never compromise them. My, like I told you yesterday, my values are separate from America. I, I, I consider myself as a resident of this country, but I have I have no I do not partake in the American experience, other than geologically being here. I live by my own set of values, and I judge, and I judge people and my interactions with people by those values, and uh, I, I hold them true to myself. I don't, I, I can't, I can't book with American values because American values are, are far too, far too transactional for me. They're, they're based on, on profit, greed, and avarice. And I don't, I don't, I don't coach with that. Wow. How are you coping with those values up against the onslaught? I get by. I mean, you know, nothing is easy, <laughs> and, and, and nothing comes without struggle. I get by. You know, you 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 got to when you can lay down at night, or when I can lay down at night and sleep well, knowing that I've done the best I could with the day and with what was presented front, with what was presented front of me of that day. And I can I can live with myself, then that's good for me. You know I can't I can't give a guideline for anybody else. All I can do is if I can sleep well with myself at night, then I'm fine. And so far, good idea, good thought. Thanks so much for calling back. I I was hoping we didn't lose you. Thank you. Thank and that brings us to the end of our program today. As you can see. There are some very deep thoughts that people have, and we need to kind of plumb them, 
try to get into their heads a little bit and poke them and encourage them to share. Because as you have been hearing, these are very deep thoughts. And we're grateful that they uh, presented them to us with such uh, generosity and lack of fear. Thank you so much. So we'll get together again tomorrow. Thanks for being with us today. Bye-bye.